I, I, uh, it's, it's a little hard to gather my thoughts just because this was a very emotional uh, <coughs> two hours, I guess. But, um, but I, I feel like uh, the transition to this spending time with Rabbi Kalish and his clever um, is somewhat natural because um, uh, it's all herzig. So it's from the heart. It's real. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a way of approaching life and approaching people and approaching a relationship with the Baruch Hu that is genuine and heartfelt and sincere. Um, I can stop there. I think, I, think that's, I think that's a good introduction. And uh, we're really honored to have, uh, to have Rabbi Kalish and, and Talmidim uh, join us. Um, they can choose themselves if they want also. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's just it's a real covet for us as Mechanchem and Mechardim and people that are, uh, care so much about the, uh, the, uh, the Jewish uh, children all around the world, all around the country, to go ahead and be able to spend time with, uh, with uh, this Kashmir Hever over here as well also. So without further ado, Thank you, Rabbi Kiva. I want to thank everybody here for having me. And... I feel very, very, very Hamish, very comfortable here. I didn't know. I'm seeing people that I didn't, I didn't know Binyamin. Binyamin would be here. We're close for many, many years. And somebody who was a bunkmate of mine in camp. We, actually, I was on the top bunk, and he was the bottom, Chaim Naidish. Wow. We were old, old friends. And to see him, it's exciting. <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> He aged, he's still strong. He looks like he could still get on the courts. I don't know. It wouldn't be such a close game anymore, but it's really an honor to see old friends. I also, in many car rides, especially in the last year, I've listened to Rabbi Shevkin in many, many car rides. The last year of Acher introduced somebody I'm very close to introduce me. I'm very selective. Trips, travel is just part of the job of being involved in a the school. There's a lot of travel, like very similar to your jobs, and the car rides are important to me. I like traveling, and the car rides are very, very important to me, the trips themselves. We had an interesting trip in. Those are important to me, and it's not, I don't just put on anything. I don't listen to a lot of music alone. I don't listen to much. If anything goes on, it might be a sports game or FAN, not much more a game, but, um, we're quiet, and then it's selected songs. My kids make fun of me because I listen to a song for like two or three years and get into something. <laughs> and the last year, many a car ride, I put on Rybashevskin stuff. I want to I speak about something in Chinuch and what attracts me to your stuff. And just thank you for being a thank everybody. My first love and my first dream of my life was to go into Kirov. And I could tell you, I'm going out with my wife. She said, what do you want to do? That came along with the question. And I said with sincerity, which was what I really thought, that I want to move to Cincinnati and be Makar of all the Yidden in Cincinnati, that everybody should become from in Cincinnati. Why Cincinnati? They're not, big, they're not rivals of the Mets or anything. Like where <laughs> Cincinnati is another story. But I did tell my wife that on a date, that I want to move to Cincinnati. That was like to do care of was something that was very, very dear to me. We all have our own paths and our own reasons and our own, find our own messages from Hashem, where to go and why we end up doing what we're doing. But that was my dream, and in an honest way, doing here was my dream. And over the years, when I have opportunity, 
here and there to do something that touches Kira, that's something I'm interested in. It's obviously all of us, anybody learns Torah, that you're into Kira, you don't have to explain like where the dream is, comes from. You can't learn Chumash and learn about Avram Avinu. And like, <laughs> it's like a kid be, wanting to be a fireman is a yid wanting to be in Kira, it's obvious. You can't, I don't know how somebody could study Chumash and read about Avram Avinu and be introduced to our people what we're about, what our thoughts are, and not have dreams of going out and impacting. So I don't think it's a cash of why somebody dreams about being in Kirov and to actually go out, a basic of Yiddishkeit, the basic command of every Yid, is the most strong, the biggest obligation, and the Gemara translates, Cause Hashem's name to be love. All of us know that the nature of love, it's funny, the Gemara is translating, the Pasuk says, love Hashem. And the Gemara is translating, it cause it to be loved, is funny. But all of us know when we love something, it's a basic thing. When you like something, you try to get people to like it also. That's just, I came back from Eretz Yisrael on a very small degree, I liked malt. And I came back to America. I was like, when we started, Rabbi Yamlin was there. I had this thing that people have to, I'm not, I don't drink alcohol, I don't have wine, I don't have beer. I happen to like non-alcoholic malt. It's this, in Eretz Yisrael, you're not weird for liking it. You come here, you're weird. And I had this like sense that I have to get the Bachram into malt. It didn't work. I remember, I remember a Bachram's grandfather owned the malt company. Viteros, which you might think is not, doesn't sound like a very chassidish name. It's like a from company, believe it or not. And the guy who owned it, grandson, was in Waterbury. And I got cases on my porch of malt. I couldn't get rid of any bottles. I was the only one who drank it. I tried only on Chavez, and I couldn't get rid of it. I had cases, and I didn't think that in the Waterbury winters they would freeze and break. I had a malt bath on my porch. I could not. I had literally the amount of malt that was on the porch broken in these bottles that cracked. But it's just the nature when you like something, that's how it is. You appreciate something, you try to get others. That's true love. When, when a love is sincere and real, Anybody appreciates something, you try to get the other person to appreciate what you appreciate. How many guys come to yeshiva and love yeshiva and their parents hear this, that, what's whatever? Guys, ma, he just wants his mother to appreciate the yeshiva. Why? Because he likes it. And the nature, when you like and love something, you want to share it with others. That's just how love works. And the chiv of Abbas Hashem has to be so real so serious that you want to share it with others. The experience, my sons found the Rebbe in Eretz Yisrael, and when you have something, in the Beis Mesh, they found the Rebbe who changed their lives. I think he's one of the great mechanicum in the world today. And he taught them, like, literally a new, a, a new world, and he changed my, my life and my wife's lives, were changed from this Rebbe. In that base medrash, they feel like they walk around with a secret. And if you're in a good base medrash, you feel like you carry a secret. Now, you're not so arrogant. You might have a secret too, but I have a secret. You're carrying something special. And then there's the natural one to actually share what you're carrying, what you know, what you have. So the NCSY, amazing group of people here that are living this dream, that I think is the dream of every Yid. We come from Avram Avinu, and going out to the world, 
I already met all different people who are from all different places. It's very interesting, you know, the different states, it's a whole, the way people think, the sense of Achrayis. I'm in charge of Ohio, Utah, this, that, like, whoa. It's overwhelming to think like that. But the sense of responsibility, of impacting, of reaching out. We have something very, very real, very authentic, and we want to share it. We want to give it over. That drive, that dream, that engine that drives this room, I appreciate a lot. So it's an honor. I was, I was, I, I spoke to Rabbi Benavitz, and I thank him for inviting me to come. But if I can even come tonight and talk and meet and speak about things I want to talk about together to learn, to be inspired, to me that's exciting because what you're doing is you're living something that was a dream of mine. I'm happy you get to live the dream and I would like to share some thoughts. I want to start with a song and I want to start with a song about David, from David HaMelech. It's about David HaMelech. I want to start with this song. You'll see what I want. I want to tell you a little about my own journey in Chinuch, a little point of my own journey in Chinuch, and I think that can help everybody's journey in Kirov a lot, I think, I hope. So I'm, but I'm going to start with the song. I'm going to ask Shlomo Guri, somebody who's learned in Yeshiva for years. Him and his family have made his older brother learned in Yeshiva for years. His mother is somebody who's at the forefront. It, of, of, of Jewish education and impact in Jews and the messages I want to, the message I want to share tonight. His mother is a therapist who in Waterbury helps us find, has found us many therapists. The organization Amudim, she's I believe the main therapist or the head therapist in the organization Amudim. So I want him to sing a song about David Amelach and that will be my introduction and then I'd like to speak about my, uh, my career in Chinuch, one part of the journey Yeah. 
when I started teaching, and I'll explain the connection to that song. Thank you, Shlomo. When I started teaching, so I started noticing that, that guys want to tell their story. And guys would tell me their story, and people more and more, it's, it's, it's increasing by a lot, that people want to share their own stories, very nuanced and very aware of their stories. And hearing people tell their stories, I did the only thing I knew how to do, I would try to cheer up somebody. Somebody sharing difficulty and all different aspects of their life. So I thought that I was doing a very good thing. There's a good aspect to it, I would cheer them up. And that's what I spent time. Being Mechazek, Hashem is somebody who picks up the downtrodden. And this is something every single Yid was supposed to mahu afata and to pick up and encourage and lift the spirits of somebody or somebody's down and somebody's going through something and to share and lift up his spirits. And that's what I thought to do for many, many years. And guys started calling me out. My own children started calling me out that you're not feeling what I'm feeling. You're giving chizuk, you're not understanding. And called out enough times, you start asking yourself questions. Like, what is he, I think I understood, that was sad, let me cheer you up. And I started seeing that there's a generation today that's feeling their stories in ways many of us were trained, and beautiful people, the generations before us, holy, holy, if you read this Hadiris, they were holy people, and their mission was to plow through, and they were good at it. We were raised as such, and we became hopefully good at, as, as, as good as possible at this as well, of plowing through, accomplishing, smiling, doing, creating, building. Amazing people, our grandparents and parents, remarkable creators and builders who fought through. I always think about my grandmother, a 16-year-old youngster, and her father was killed, her mother was killed, her siblings. I grew up with my Oma. And I think about this heroic person, remarkable person. And what she built, she built children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, this short person, powerful person who built worlds. And she did what we can only, amazing, with amazing heroism, she powered through and built and created. At the end of her life, she did not talk much about her experience. She told my wife and I that she had nightmares every night of her life. She only told us that at the end of her life. And, and we can only imagine what was inside. She's, my son has blonde hair. You guys know my son? And at the end of her life, when she wasn't fully bedass, she had been the kindest, gentlest person. He had blonde hair. She was very upset about him. As any blonde hair got her shaken up and very upset, we can only imagine this, the, the great heroics of people who built and created amazing. And we're all, we all sit here on these heroes. Comes a generation today that wants to, is, is bringing a tikkun that's remarkable, they want to feel. And they want to process. The adults say, come on, just, just do it. Like, what's the problem? Go down and Shabbos, what's, what's, I feel it, I don't feel it, I'm, I'm anxious. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Comes a generation that's begging to feel and process. It's an obvious tikkun that it's bringing things to Hashem, parts of us, that we have to bring to Hashem all different aspects of our stories and lives that we have to bring to Hashem. 
and I've learned to now actually feel, because guys are expressing their story, I first had to start feeling I'm in the middle of trying to learn my own journey and be in touch with my own story more. I believe that all seven billion people on earth, or eight billion if we're up to there, have an incredible story. There's no exaggeration. I promise this is a maim in this bemuna shlema. That any one of eight billion people would stand here now and tell us their story. If they were attuned to it, we would cry like babies. We would be dazzled. I don't think that all of us and anybody you'll ever meet, anybody in the world, has a mind-numbing story of their life. The nuances are endless. We're not talking about supreme trauma, just the nuances of our insecurities, of how we were in the class, with our family, with our parents, with our grandparents, our friends, and all the nuances. The only question in the world is people in touch with their story and people not in touch with their story. And I started, my life is changing from, I'm a Waterbury kid, and my life slowly, slowly, I'm in about 11th grade, I have a visual of what 10th, 11th, and 12th looks like, and I'm in the middle of a journey of learning my own story, and slowly as I'm learning mine, I can let a guy sit in his story. And instead of cheering up, instead of resolving, of course we all want to serve Hashem with joy, but I can actually sit with somebody in their story. When they're sad, I can sit with them there and feel and process with somebody instead of trying to cheer up, instead of trying, and of course, a much slower st- process. I've had many a parent ask us, that why can't you pull out my kid's story faster? He's in 10th grade, because you don't pull out anybody's story. You have no right to tell somebody, you, have to, you never tell somebody their story. You might know the parents. As I get older, I know many of the parents and can guess I've met an older brother or two or three. And I, the guy himself, you start seeing patterns. Never tell anybody their story or somebody's story will be lost. Because there's so many nuances, you don't know somebody's story. There's a singer who said a shot in the Megillah that I love. I listened last year, Purim, to this song for two hours on Purim. I heard it for the first time in my life. Purim night, I was driving with Bachum somewhere and they played me this song. Purim day, I personally listened to the song for two hours because of the guy said a pshat on Megillus Esther, the singer said a pshat that I thought was dazzling. I had the kasha for years. Mordechai says to Esther, who knows in la'ais kazais? Who knows if for this moment he got la'malchus? Who knows if you're in the palace for this moment? Who knows? Every first grader knows. Does anybody here have a doubt? Me, Idea? Any teenager would say that, you think? <laughs> Who knows? Me? Obviously, that's why she's there. My Yisrael Mayor's eight. My son knows that. Yes, told me, you think that's why Esther was in the palace? He would tell you she's in the palace to save the Jewish people. So, what's this me, Idea? To the point I sometimes thought it was sarcastic but I don't like sarcasm. He said, me and Daya. Do you think? That's what he was saying. But I doubt it. I can't stand sarcasm, so I'm not going to tend to learn any pasuk as sarcastic. I don't think it's a rhetorical question. He's saying, me and maybe. And the cash I had for years, I have my own theories, because Pesach is an Iyadeya, and Purim is me Iyadeya. We don't know anything, so... I liked the Iyadeya for years. Comes this singer, and he rocked me. This singer said, a singer, and his chat is 
that on my struggles, I could say my story, I can't say your story. Mordechai can't tell Esther, it's me a day, I can't tell you. Now he tells her to give up her life, because he's allowed to say the halacha, that you should go in. But I can't tell you why, you're, why you go through what you go through. I have no ownership of your story. Me a day, I don't, I don't pretend to tell your story. Esther might have had a personal journey, different than you, I, you and I understand. Which is pretty amazing. That shot dazzled me two hours last year, Purim. Two hours I spent listening to this song because if something hits me like that, I feel it's a message. A Pusik in the tire hits you like that, I'm going to stay there. And I stayed on the Niyayda. I had it sad that they should sing me. Arya could sing it, trust me. In the car I had him sing it. We won't sing it now. I want to continue on and say as follows that a beautiful shot in me that you don't say somebody else's story. I think all of us, the, the, the opportunity in Chinuch, the great opportunity in Chinuch goes as follows. We have to be in touch with our own stories because to really hear somebody else's story, if you're not nuanced and sensitive to your own story. Now amazingly, you could start with somebody else's story. That is my story. And other people's story asked me to add because I couldn't sit there the way they wanted if I didn't touch my own story. And if we lean into your, our own stories, we could then be present in somebody else's story. I'm going to tell you something that happened two weeks ago. I'll oh, not a little more, a month ago. I'll tell you a story that happened that never would have happened this way with, what I, with what I, the way I used to behave to what I understand now. I'll tell you a story that a guy called me from Eretz, I had been in Eretz Yisrael for a Shabbos, more than a month. How long ago did we go for Shabbos? Almost two months. Wow, wow, two months, okay. So yeah, we went January. So January, we had a Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael with hundreds of guys, but a beautiful Shabbos. Might say Shabbos, I left Eretz Yisrael. I had to go to Chicago, Yaakov's hometown, I went to Chicago, and then Monday morning, Monday morning, I was driving back from Kennedy Airport, LaGuardia Airport, I was driving back to Waterbury. In the car ride up to Waterbury, Monday morning, a guy calls Meretz Yisrael, and he's bawling like a baby with news he had heard, might say Shabbos. So you can imagine the pain, not he was emotional. He was bawling, mamish, crying like a baby, and he had described the girl he was very, very close to, and went out with for a while, was engaged, and he was sharing his pain. And I'm driving up, very tired. I had traveled from, I'd say, Shabbos, Monday morning, I'm still traveling, Chicago to New York, to Waterbury, and, and, I, and I'm trying to hear him out. This is somebody in tremendous sir. This is somebody, it might have been a trauma band, this is a band of somebody who gave him a worth. And, and now she was engaged to somebody else, and the tremendous pain he was feeling, I was trying to feel along with him. I wasn't trying, and the younger me would have tried to cheer him up, and you would know no further story. We wouldn't be impacted, but I'm gonna tell you. But I, um, I was really trying to hear what he was saying and to feel his pain, and he was in tremendous pain. He was crying about a half hour. After a half hour, he tells me that I have to tell you a story, but a half hour of crying, Bechia is feeling. He says, I, I, and the old me would have wondered, we got to cheer this guy up fast. What does this mean in his relationship to God, to himself? Like, what's going to be? This is terrible. Now it's just feel your story. Feel your story. Hashem's working with you. Feel your story. And, 
And so we did it for a half hour. I felt his throat. He said, I have to share. Hashem is so good. So that was like, whoa. We were just crying for a half hour. I mean, Hashem is so good. I'm, I'm listening. I'm with him. It's his story. So he tells me as follows. He said, I want to tell you, Rebbe, for one year, I've been davening for this girl every single Shemonesri, Shachras, Mincha, Mairiv. For one year, I davened that she should get married, she should get engaged. It's good for her and it's good for me. And for one year, I've been davening for this. He said, this is how I daven. I can't answer why. I daven for her. Then I say to Hashem, I have a sister who's also single. Please let my sister find the shirach. Now, he does not know the Gemara, not yet. I know he doesn't know the Gemara because he told me he doesn't know why he does it. He said, I always ask myself over the year, why am I dominating for this girl first? But that's what I do. So he said, I do it Shachris, Mir for one year. The girl should get engaged. Hashem, I have a sister, and he prays that way. It's good for her, good for me. I have a sister as well, but my sister first. He said, I always put that in, and then I asked myself, so why don't you die? I don't know. That's how I do it. And he did this for one year. This is what he tells me after crying for half hour. He said, Rebbe, Monday night, this girl became a kala. And I've been davening for a year. Last Monday, we're talking Monday, a Monday night the week before. My sister got engaged the next night, but I didn't hear about this girl getting engaged. I was able to enjoy the Shabbos. We were together with Shabbos. I had the Shabbos in my life. Might say Shabbos, I heard the news. I said, do you understand that Hashem, like almost how I prayed, she was first, then my sister, but my sister first. Well, I heard my sister first. Then I found out Hashem loves me. I got a Shabbos. Then he went back to crying, back to his pain. And all of us have journeys and stories that we're supposed to feel that brings us places. I asked Shlomo to sing the song of David HaMelech, you can't understand Tillim if, if we don't understand this. Tillim is a mitzayus of somebody feeling their story and every aspect of their story is a relationship to Hashem. Tillim is, is that which teaches us all. Davin HaMelech, the singer of the Jewish nation, is a basic lesson to us all of feeling the different aspects of our story and all its different cases and nuances and then the things that it brings out, Hashem is working with us. Now, I want to tell you what happened next. I never in my life learned Svasemes and these types of Svarim. I never learned them. I, was, I'm very, I remained very into Musser. And I made, I don't want to say I made a sheet out of it. That's how I learned. I learned Musser Svarim. I like learning Gemarashi, Taisvis, Shas, and Shas. My father learned Shas. I learned my few blat. And, and learn Moses Farm. And I never was, was very attracted to Sifri. I don't want to call it Hasidus because if that's like an excuse for something. They're just Sadiqim who learned. So a certain genre of Svarim I never was I never learned much of. I want to tell you that today I'm learning Svasemis a lot. And Svarim of that nature, because in in knowing your story and your own story, it's all in the Torah. It's all in the Torah. Our journeys are in the Torah and every nuance in the Torah. I want to share what I believe Torah is and what I've come to understand much more. I thought that what Torah was, was we have this world and hey, it's a confusing world, so I need a Torah, a direction book. That's what I thought. I would ask around the room, I suspect most people here assume that's what Torah is, I assume. It's a world, confusing place. 
So then I have to know how to behave in the world. So I have a Torah. I have many reasons to prove that's wrong. The Torah was created before the world. That's very strange why you have the guidebook if you don't have the book. You don't have the item. You don't need the instruction book. So that leads me to believe it's not true. The Malachim didn't want Torah to go here. Why do they want to hold the Torah? It's an instruction for our world. It's very, very unlikely for many, many caches. What I think Torah is, is a way to connect Hashem. It's Iris, to connect Hashem. And the world is the opportunity to live Torah. Which means my insecurities in the Torah, and everything you and I, all the nuances of our life, the whole existence of the world is the opportunity to live Torah. Every single thing that we experience and go through is in the Torah, with all its nuances. And then you learn Svarim that are like speaking about the human experience, but open like it's all in the Torah. And they knew it and learned it and studied. The Gemara says, Haman Maybe he's not in the Torah. The Gemara says in Baba Kama, the rich get richer. Where is that in the Torah? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just smart. Not. But the human experience is the opportunity to live and enact with all the things. The world and all its nuances. You're missing out on whole chalakim of Torah. And I have a friend. I have a friend who's a very, very bright person brilliant guy. And he asked me, he said, I listened to the shiurim. He said, what type of yesurim did you go through? I hear your shiurim. You, you're, you went through terrible yesurim. And he was, it's all the Torah that belongs to guys taught me. It's the yesurim guys went that opens up a whole chalik of Torah. Every single nuance, what we go through, every is in the Torah. Every. the A whole world of Torah opens up. That we have a generation interested in Pneumius. There are people that mock it. They'll call it neo all different types of names, like an excuse, you guys. What are you doing? What are you doing? I would like to share what people are doing. They're feeling. Isn't that crazy? And Hashem sent things in all different nuances of the human experience, and they actually think you're supposed to bring that to the servants of Hashem. Crazy. And then they're finding expression in the Torah all different places that it expresses in the Torah. And the Torah is speaking to the human being with all the nuances of the human experience. Can I share with you a pasuk that blew my mind that the guys taught me Chumash. They taught me Chumash. The first story Maishu Rabbeinu teaches us after Kabbalah Satayra. I would suspect it's an important parish of Mishpatim. After Kabbalah Satayra, you go through the whole story. Bereshis is fire, the whole Bereshis is the savior of our others. Shemais is the formation of our people, culminating Yisrael Kabbalah Satayra. And then the lesson to Mishpatim. And the first Mishpat that Hashem teaches is the story of an Evid, of an Evid Ivri, this Jewish Evid. Let's assume he stole. And he sold as an Evid. And after serving as an Evid, the other one is wonderful to him. It's chiyuvim daraisa, to be good to your Evid. And the other one is very good to him. The end of his Abdus, he says, When I learned this Pasuk earlier in my life, I could tell you what the Pasuk said. I was like, Nebuch. This guy loves his master. <laughs> He's like missing the boat, this guy. He loves his master. If anybody 
reads that pasuk, he's like, and you drill his ear, this, this like ridiculous fellow. The pasuk is saying something so remarkable. My dream for, I have six kids, Baruch Hashem. My dream for them all is to say, I love my other. That's the dream. All of us, the dream of every year, I love my master. That's the dream. As ishti is to be like God, to be a giver, the main giver, giving to a spouse. Ahafti as ishti is the dream, the highest person, shayach. As banai means to transmit, to give over everything we have precious. Anybody from NCSY would understand as banai, the transmission, the giving over. The man has every love that you'd want somebody to have. I would say, Abbas Hashem, Abbas Yisrael, Abbas Atayr. Abbas Hashem, Ahafti Yisadayni. Abbas Yisrael, Ahafti Yisishti. Abbas Atayr, the will and want to transmit what you know, Ahafti Yisbana, he's a dream. Do you think this was a coincidence, like in his, in his six years of Avdos, that the man was rehabilitated, this Ganav, walks out and has every love you would dream of a person having. Now, of course, the Hafti Asadaini, he has to move forward. He has an Adain who's nice to him because of the tzivu of the Adain of Asol, the Adain Akol. The Ishti was but a, a sort of a wife, and now he has a wife back home. He only was given a Shifra Knanis if he's Begapa Yavi Begapa Yetzei. So he now has the possibility of a hafti as ishti. Go find the real one. You're, you're, you're headed somewhere. A hafti as banai. A lot of the challenges of today point people to the tremendous things that we want. I was at a convention of people who have a child off the derech. I never felt a sense in my life the powerful drive to raise children who are servants of Hashem. There's marriage issues today that are rampant in Klal Yisrael. Just an accident, like things, it's predicted. Ikvis of the Mashiach, it's predicted. Why is that the footsteps of Mashiach? If you ask me, that's not the footsteps of the Messiah. That seems very, it's the footsteps because we're all pointed to Haftias Ishti, Vesbanai. There's a Shidduch crisis. It's pointing, I want to get married. I want to build a home. There are signs that are being brought out in profound ways. And the Svasemis, of course, says, is not the problem. That's the solution. The problem is, is that people don't tap into what they've learned. That if he would listen to himself, and we drill his ear, he didn't hear it, Harsina, and he doesn't hear what he said. Now, okay, you got it. As Ishti, you got it. So now run home to your wife. So run home to them. Not the one who it says, The you've discovered things. Now move weiter. Move forward. Go free with what you've discovered. Advance with what you've discovered. Push on. Pursue further with what you've discovered. When we pay attention to our own stories, if you listen to a generation, that the generation is literally being moved to such pronouncements, to all different ways of recognizing deep ritzinus and deep wants and deep loves that they have, that's, that's all over the place. But it has to be that want to be Eitzei Hashi. It has to be that want to go forward, to have it with Hashiras. 
We don't want to stay with loads of singles. We, people should find their shidduchim. But we collectively have a sense, we appreciate anybody who's thinking about the single crisis. We're mispalo for the singles. But you also go home and be a good husband. Let that single be not a single also. Focus, focus in. We're pointed and pushed to something. And situations bring that out on purpose by Hashem if, what we're, what, if we are but listening and focusing. I want to share two songs with you that, that two guys here wrote, two different songs. They're both, the music of the yeshiva is very, very important to me because I want expression to ideas and everything we're, I'm trying to share that I've learned from the guys, they have sung about as well. And the idea of paying attention to our own story, this is in Kirav and Chenuch. Any mechanic of today has to pay attention to his own story and listen and hear nuances of somebody else's story. You will have tremendous tyra to teach. You'll have tremendous tyra because the tyra deals with all our stories. It's all in there. You'll have tremendous tyra. We have the answers. We have the mahalach. We have a beautiful lifestyle. I believe today, paying attention to our own story, every single person here has a remarkable story. If you're attuned to it, excellent. If you're not, there's not a person who can't be featured on Rabbi Bashevkin's podcast. <laughs> and anybody would listen and say, whoa, I believe this. I am not exaggerating, joking. It's only a question, is somebody in touch with this story? I don't care what place he's a goody-goody in. I don't care from, not from. Everybody has a story. And by the way, the story is in the Torah with all its nuances. So I think this aspect in Chenuch and in Kirov, in meeting people and going out there, we all have a story and the person we're meeting has a story. If we're nuanced and subtle and hear our own, we can actually pay attention and hear more and recognize and feel and let somebody experience their story. And then together we could discover our story in the Torah. We could actually bring our story to Hashem. We could actually, our story is designed, each one in its own unique way, to serve Hashem and bring out this unique servant of Hashem that's specific to our stories. If you realize this is the counter to any elitist type of chinuch, anybody in Kirib is not into elitism, if you understand that all human beings have a unique story, you struggle with elitism. Because Usually, I have, I, have a, I have a story, a true story, that I was in the parking lot of Yeshiva, now we're on a campus, in the old campus, before we moved on to a campus, and a mother was bawling day one in the campus. And she had her goody-goody son, and she looked at a guy with his long hair flowing, and she said, my son's gonna be with him, and she was bawling. He's so dangerous. Now, my, I have five boys, four of my boys, one's in high school, three have graduated. I brought them all to yeshiva by me. Now, you can say that's a money decision. You're a prince, we don't have to pay. I have an uncle who's a tzaddik who pays tuition for my kids. Remarkable person. I do not have the challenge. I would hope that if I was challenged, it still wouldn't be dependent on payment. But I could send my kids to any school, and I have this uncle who's a tzaddik who pays my kids tuition. And all of my kids I send to Durham. My son right now, I'm here, he's in the dorms in Durham right now as we speak. And I send all my kids there because I want them to be in touch with their story. And this mother, I want them to steig in Yiddishkeit sincerely and authentically. I want them to feel, to experience, to process. I want them to know Tyra. I want them to marry Tyra. This mother was crying, her goody, goody good son is with him. 
And I promise you that the only way her goody-good son knows her, his story today is because the kid struggles. You see, the one who struggles is forced to learn his story. He might end up by a therapist who teaches it to him, helps him uncover it, but if he doesn't know his story, he's hopeless. And the threat and danger of the natural flowing kid is he'll never learn his story, and he'll lose out on Tyra and life. He can never write Sefer Tillum. I started at the last year, I've liked Rabbi Bashevkin's podcast, and guys have showed it to me because it's so in sync with the ideas of the yeshiva, of an honesty, a realness to your own story. The last night of yeshiva, in a, in a secular school, if we think about graduation, it's one big farce. Let's be honest with graduation. The kid, did, did anything happen in the kid's life? There was teachers that taught science, math, Talmud, Chumash, boom, boom, and that group of kids, it's really the teachers who have graduation. You finish teaching what you want to teach. And then next year, the teacher can close his eyes and teach the same thing. I'm not being harsh. Some have eyes open, some have not, but you teach the same subject. So what does that mean, the kid graduated? I, I finished your things. It's your graduation, not mine. It's a very pretend thing. In yeshiva, that a kid's journey matters. And what I want yeshiva is to be, that a person's story matters profoundly. Who are you? What are you about? Not, I, I'm teaching you. I'm showing It's not about that. We have Torah, and together we can study it. But you have your own story. By the way, how you study Torah will be very unique when you have your own story. So in such a world, graduation is magic. The graduation, the night before, which is the main graduation, guys spent, and the guys did this. I didn't start, I didn't even know what a story meant when they started it. The guys, the 12th graders say over their stories, nobody has to speak. There were 95 12th graders last year, 50 kids spoke. I do admit 40 more wanted, but it was 9.15 in the morning. We started at 12 at night. Kids said over their story. You sit a lot of the night crying. What's not unusual is that they know their story, first grade details. What's unusual is they'll say it in front of 250 people. That's only the last night. It's, it's, it's life changing. I've had people, I, this uncle of mine asked if he can come. Two years he spent the night here the entire night. A man from Switzerland, a wealthy guy, an older man, heard about this and he asked if he can fly in and spend, I asked the guy's Rishos, he was there the whole night. Spent the morning, and the morning he flew back to Switzerland. It's life-changing, people aware of their story. And it's very natural graduation because it's yours. You're at a milestone of your own story, your own journey. We all have our own unique journeys. I appreciate a lot, Rabbi Shevkin, what he's doing, because I feel like we're teammates in this respect, that he's very much pushing and encouraging people. I believe that's what the generation is screaming. And I believe a whole Torah is coming from it. The Torah, as we're uncovering our stories, Eureka, we're uncovering Svarim and Chalakimah, Pneumius Atayra, it's all there. Our, the Pneumius that's in us is in the Torah. And the generation, I don't think it's shallow, I don't think it's, I think it's very profound, is looking for place in the Torah because they're trying to find. They're asking Dan Kalish, and each of us asking, where am I in the Torah? Where does it speak about me? And they're finding, we're all finding ourselves in the Torah. So I want to share two songs. I'm going to ask Ari Barnett to come forward and to share one song that very much discusses visiting places that we're afraid to visit and the ideas I'm, that, we're, that we're studying together. I'm going to ask Ari Barnett to come up. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. 
He's like, Kalish, calm down. You made this way too heavy. Everyone's having this good time. And he,
Momo Ringo made up a song, which again, the same idea, there's, there's a, there's a period, there's words that are like the, almost like the anthem of the yeshiva. And it says about Rashim Rayachai, that in the eulogy that is written, that Svaradim say every Friday night, we all sing it a lot, but in the rock cave that you dwelt, there you acquired your beauty. That's the rock cave. We talk a lot about in yeshiva. The rock cave is that difficult place that, that Rav Shema Yechai said about Yisurim when Rav Tuchas ben Yair saw him and said, Oili, Shari Sani B'kach, woe unto me that I see your suffering. And he said, Ashrecha, you're fortunate. My greatness came because I've, I've, I've felt and I've experienced and worked through. So the rock cave is a very important place. In yeshiva, that's like if any singer wants to get 250 people there, just riled up. The guy will rave, will rock, will jump, will dance. Those words get the place on fire. So I want to share Momo Ringo as somebody who has shtaid worlds in yeshiva. I'd like to share this song with you. Yeah. Okay. 
In the rock cave that you've dwelt, Sham Kanesa, precisely there, you've acquired Hayat Chavadarecha, your beauty. Precisely there. One of the great Talmud Chachamad generation sat, came over to me. A person who doesn't, is not a person of words. Anybody who knows this Talmud Chacham, he doesn't speak. He's in Ayyumabad today. He's a person who wasn't a person of words. Just that type. We know all about silent compatibility, and he was somebody who didn't, was not a person who spoke. And he didn't say much to me about the yeshiva. At one chasna, he came up to me, and he said, I see a beauty here. The guys are good looking in a way I've never seen in my life. This That was the end of the conversation. Nothing more, nothing less. And in my mind, I thought, We all have places. We're so afraid to go. We're so afraid to go. And there's a generation, there's a lot of locked up shame. It's locked up because there's been a lot of exposure young, a lot of access, a lot of exploration, a lot of, a lot of inner world. We're, we're, we're coming off a generation that just accomplished, let's go, let's go. And there's a world within that a new generation is trying to get in touch with. And there's a beauty that emerges when we go there, if we go there. It's a rallying cry. In Chinuch, in a secular school, the school is classes. And people are like, what are you talking about? In a class? Like, what? So we have to change it up. Now, you can have classrooms, but of course, but we can't teach kids first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth that your story doesn't matter. It's a lie. Don't teach a lie. Teach Torah. So we have to figure out a way. It's a classroom for sure, but each one is unique, each one. I feel like in Kirov we have more opportunities. Kirov is about one-on-ones. Chenach has the mirror. When I say this, what we're describing tonight to Mekarvim, so nobody struggles with this concept. When you say it to Mechanachim, like, I go in the class and I teach my period. Well, like, what? So to me, recess has to be the most important class you teach, and you're talking and expressing. Even in the classroom, the Torah you'll teach if you want to reach is each one's story is unique. Now we have to figure out a way, how it's difficult. I'm not, schools are wonderful. Beautiful places and beautiful opportunities and beautiful Rebbeim and Moros. We have to figure out we have a, we have a problem because a classroom might teach youngsters that your story doesn't matter. Just behave, kid. Just behave, kid. And your story doesn't matter. I was that kid that got reward, rewarded and became like the guy, the, the salutatory, valedictorian because I was so well behaved. I wasn't assertive. I wasn't assertive. I was afraid to make trouble. That's not addressed in school. I was people pleasing. That's not addressed in school. Well, that didn't. That was just good for school. People please. We have to acknowledge people and your journey and what you're going through. The Torah we teach has to acknowledge that. So we have to figure it out. It's tricky in a classroom. But there's a new age of chinuch that has to be if we're to reach the generation. If the goal is just accomplish a let's go, so then it would look a certain way chinuch. And there was an age that was probably the task of the world. I'm not pointing to mistakes. I think the chas I stand in awe. We're only working on this because of previous generations' strength, the heroic activities of plowing forward. I have nothing to teach my own, I promise you. 
I only want to work together because of what my Oma built. I want to keep building. I can't do what she did. I'll never do what she did. And thankfully, Hashem didn't ask me to do what she did. But I could do something else. I could actually learn my story and feel it and experience and bring that to the service of Hashem also. Right? My own unique song, my own connection to Torah, my own connection to Hashem. So that's the message of Chinuch that I wanted to share. I felt like it's very innocent. To Mekarvim, I'm a wimp. I do it here. It's like, okay, because Mekarvim don't have a problem with this because you're dealing a lot of one-on-ones and learning people's stories. I do say to you, know your own story. You will not be very effective leaning in. I once spoke at a place and I said, lean into your son's story. Lean into your own story and lean in. Somebody said, I don't speak Yiddish. I told her, I don't know if they were joking, like lean in. I, don't, I didn't know how to express what I want to say. So I said, lean into the story. I don't know if they really thought that's a Yiddish word <laughs> or if they were just saying, like, you're not being clear to me. Till today, I don't know the nature of the joke. <laughs> Only a little slow. But I hope I didn't speak in Yiddish today and express an idea in Chinuch that I wanted to share with Mekarvin, with people that are out there reaching Yidin and bringing Yidin in and helping people come in touch with their own stories. I wanted to share this. There's definitely more music to share, but I think I spoke a long time. If there are questions, comments, observations, or anything in between, I'd love to hear. I think we could open for one or two questions. We, we can't listen until 9.15 a.m. No? That's <laughs> <laughs> graduation. It's only, it's only February, so we have a few more months. So you're invited if you want. No, the McCarthy are quicker. We get it. <laughs> What's your name? Eliezer Jones. I'm honored to be from where? Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. Now. That's here presently? Presently, yes. That's cool. A lot of guys from the yeshiva, a lot of young marrieds are moving to Hollywood, Florida. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I used to be the principal of Valley Tour High School. And we have sure. Sent, we send boys to Sure, sure. I guess I've been in... I'm, in California. Yeah, in California. I spoke this morning to a kid who's coming from near the Woodway this morning. Oh, right. So I guess here's my question. So I, I used to work Princess Wyatt. I work again and in between 15 years in day schools. So you said there's a lot of wonderful schools out there. I'm not sure that's accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in my, in my experience. But Valley Tour being the exception, beautiful school. Um, so I, I know a lot about Waterbury. I know how the, the great success and. I guess talking to have us, you ever have you ever been there? Not yet. I haven't been invited. I'm I'm being <laughs> since, I'm being sincere that you can't imagine. You don't know the yeshiva. I I, I would agree with that. People yes. come down, they can't believe what they see. I'm not exaggerating. I ask, just come, come and see it. It's a unique world because people have a story. It's a unique world. Connecticut? It's in Connecticut. It's in Durham. Believe it or not, Waterbury's in Durham. Now, if you have a bomb cache, the mirror's not in mirror either. <laughs> Here's my question. Um, so, we work with public school kids, we work with day school kids. Um, I do fear that it's, it's gotten harder and harder for day school kids to get inspired, to get connected. Um, you're talking about stories, empathy, you know, the world is changing and, um, in, in beautiful ways and difficult ways. I guess us, who we're in the business of inspiration, um, what can you share with us in how we can help connect, you know, with the kids in day school specifically to ensure that you know that they can be inspired so that they they feel good being in the school that they're at. They feel good, you know, with their Yiddish guy. I want, want to continue. I love the question. I want to say really as it sounds self-serving when you say my speech. That's what I said. I want to say that I once sat 
I sat with the Yid who wasn't yet from, and a group of yeshiva guys were with this Yid, and I saw they could not connect at all. And I believe, Rebel Yezer, that when we say we're struggling outreach and people are moving further, I believe that when we start learning the Torah that we're pointed to learn and connecting ourselves, we can reach out there also. I think it's a big secret. I think this very flow of our own Torah that we're being moved within our world towards will also pull in more out, out there. I can tell you just that gathering that I sat and I saw people couldn't share a vert that, and, and it was people who haven't yet understood their story, found their story in Tyra, and found th this aspect, I think, will reach out there also. So I say this to outreach also. If we're more in touch with our own stories, for outreach also, the old system will not work. Just tell a guy to just plow through, and people should be like, what's happening? What, what's the message out there? If we have a world where our own stories are clear, are lived, are felt, our experience, and our, there's a beauty there that I believe will translate out there a lot. I've seen it, I've seen it. Again, you all are on the front lines, but I do think this, this approach to Torah, I don't look at there an industry called Kirov. In Yeshiva, I don't have an industry called a warm place called Waterbury. There's no such industry, that's... that's <laughs> I, I just mean, Eliezer, that there's no, like, be warm to the guys. If, if you're warm to your wife, if you're warm to the other Rebbeim, the school will be no better than the Rebbeim are to each other. So Kirov is no industry of Kirov, and if we're struggling more with Kirov, we need to reach, there's a lot of Yidna that we need to reach. If we're struggling, I have to say, we have to ask ourselves what's within. Whatever's within will work without. So I think this whole revolution of getting in touch with our own stories will make us more effective out there. And I think that's the only thing that's gonna reach people today, something that's, that we feel and experience. But and it's a follow-up, sorry. So I, I love that and I think it's beautiful. I'm also hearing another side of Mayor Law is that so when someone gets in touch with their true story, they find themselves in the Torah, they find their essence, they have their Salamel Kim, is there also our role of accepting their story? For sure, for sure, for sure. I'm not trying to change. Within that, there's a journey, there's a whole journey to that. The self acceptance, anybody, looking at anybody, the biggest impact on anybody is how we see them. In yeshiva, the main question of impact on a bacher is if you're intimidated and impressed and inspired him. Nothing pretend. That's the question in Kirov and in Chinuch. You only impact somebody that you're crazy over, but you're impressed. The, a Rebbe by us is intimidated by the guys. There's no sense like us fixed guys helping the broken. Us, Kirov, we're not karay der rachat. We're all karay and rachat. We have both aspects, and we're seeing a person now the way to do that, to have those eyes, the eye and type of Ramavino is to accept yourself. When I speak about no own story, self-acceptance probably at the front of everything, accepting ourselves profoundly, we become the most powerful Mikhaira in the world when we accept it. With all our flaws and shenanigans and human side, when if I'm the fixed guy who's supposed to heal all the brokens, and that's like the so that's a certain vibe, it won't even work today. There's such a thing back in the day, it would work more. People today are feeling, they're experiencing, they're literally the same thing that 20 years ago I could have told that I won't even work today. He just looks at me, 
It, it looks funny because he's feeling and experiencing. I have to like go there to that place and have the capacity. So self-acceptance is huge. To have those eyes that all of us need to have to see a yid, a yid, to be, to see a yid, to have those eyes, we have to accept ourselves. Without that, then it's just how cool of a song we can sing. It's not, it's, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work. If we're connected, plugged in, excited about our own souls, our own essence, we can then be excited about his. The power, the power of sitting down with the guy, I'm a soul, he's a soul, let's learn a pasuk together. I don't care if that's a bacher in Waterbury, a bacher in Philly, or a Jew in San Francisco. That power, two souls learn a pasuk, that's like, that's real, that's real. That's, if we could understand that, if we could understand it, we feel I'm a soul, we're souls, holy souls. He's a soul. Now let's study a Pasuk together. Last question. What's your name? Yosef. Yosef. Nice, nice to meet you. Uh, I, I like uh, an etiquette, Shaila. Do, do I re-say Daniel Kalish like I said it already? <laughs> it's an etiquette, Shaila. I don't know how that works. I'm honored to meet you, Yosef. I remain Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, something, something you think about what we do in NCSY, you mentioned you were meeting people around the room, and one says he's in charge of Ohio, one says he's in charge of Columbus, I work in Eric Israel. So it, it's not an institution. It's not an institution where one type of person goes, there's a Waterbury guy, there's a, this guy, there's a that issue, there's a Miryashiva guy. There's a broad range of teenagers that, that, that come to us where we go to that. And, and it's, it's very hard often to be able to service, pardon the term, to service all of these types of people um, who need very, very, very different things. Um, and I think the question is, how do, how do we balance that range in one message, which is often, and very often, in large groups, and large Shabbatons or into, into that sort? Again, again, I look like push. If you if you answer every question with your speech, you look stupid. Fine, <laughs> so look stupid. But I want to say that if we're, you know, I, I celebrate AI is one of the best things that ever happened in the history of the world. Because schools are officially over. I had the whole yeshiva <laughs> sing. I had the whole yeshiva sing. I love AI. Schools ended. There's no schools. The one thing they had left <laughs> for math, see, I calculated about at least like an essay. Uh-uh. Done. <laughs> and, and what I love it, I like that on AI you can write, give me a Waterbury song, and I'll write a Waterbury song. So what do we have left? And the world, the only thing left is authenticity. AI will never cry, will never be insecure, will never feel... And I promise that go to, a, go to a convention, I don't care what you teach, teach something that means something to you real, that you feel and experience and share that. If any, all different sukkah, what a pasuk that means to me is different a pasuk means to you. Give your pasuk. It will connect the people. From the place of, oh, you know, from the place of just handing out your we want to give curriculum around for an organization like yours. I'm sure there are papers and pamphlets and stuff. 
That's AI. Na 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 na. So the only thing left, the only thing left is our own honest connection to it. That talks to anybody. That talks, I don't care who the crowd is, Israel, America, Puerto Rico, San Francisco. The place that is authentic to me, a tire that's authentic to me will go over, I believe that. I think that's the point here. That's the point. That when we have a tyrant, a different Pasuk will mean to me and you, but I'm going to teach my Pasuk, you teach yours. Wherever you are, if you teach a tyrant that you honestly connect to, and we can connect to it. We really can connect to it. It can mean something. Think about it. How many kids, how many of us were in a shir and the Rebbe said a rash, but said, isn't this geschmack? And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But the Rebbe is saying, somehow the Rashba, and I love Rashba, and the Rashba is remarkable, that every Rashba is precious, he's saying something to you and I. Ask questions you're honestly bothered by, don't say over a nice word. Don't get up at anything, oh, a nice word you could say over, are you bothered by the question? Bothered. Don't say any word that the question doesn't bother you. I'm bothered, this question, I'm bothered by this question. I read a Pasuk of God's Torah and I don't understand, I don't understand. Say over things that you feel, that you experience, that are, they mean to you. And then share that, I think that penetrates all different because it's my Torah. My Torah can connect to his Torah. By the way, he'll find his Torah. And what you want to give is explain that we can have our Torah. The greatest, the greatest moment in the history of our people, the most clarity, what did the Jewish nation say? Zekelu. Why don't they say Zekelu? No, we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu. When they saw Hashem with clarity, they didn't see God. It's a big mistake to teach they saw God. It's not true. They didn't see God. You know what they saw? My God! Didn't see God. They saw my God, Zekelu. They saw, my God, my God, you see God, so my God. Whatever they saw at the most clarity in our history is that it's relevant to me, it connects to me, my God. It's a, to think what they saw, already when you want to picture seeing God, what that means, that's not, they didn't see God, that's, that's, that's not true. They saw my God, I, I say teach my God, teaching my God. In yeshiva and in kira, you can never force Zekeli. You can only introduce Zekeli and hope they... But I want every guy in yeshiva to say Zekeli. Now, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad, they come to yeshiva, knowing. They come to your kira seminars, knowing. Every year, though, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekin. The question of your success at any Shabbos, at any event, is can you teach the youngsters or the old people Zekeli, my God? That's very tricky. That needs you in touch with your own story and that needs you to feel it. I say it any, don't say over some cash of somebody, I say over your cash. You could heard it from a rash, but you were bothered by the rash because cash, it's now yours. Say over the cash you're bothered by the question. Read this verse and I'm bothered. Does any area of the tire will go into somebody like that? Because you've connected to it and you'll share what you've connected. It will go into the listener. That's what I think. All right. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Can we, can we maybe end with the Let's end with one song. Let's yeah. get all the guys up. Everybody come, come, come. And with one more song.
Yeah. <laughs> 